0: For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. This episode is sponsored by TriVegan, a vegan meal home delivery service that is nutritious and delicious and makes your life easier. Based out of New Jersey, they deliver throughout the Northeast. Check out more details on their website, tryveganmealprep.com. And you can get 25% off your first order with the promo code LITYOGA. So go vegan. Good movement and welcome to Redefining Yoga, a lit yoga podcast, which is designed to investigate all aspects of the modern evolution of yoga from my background as a physical therapist and lover of movement. My mission is to help everyone find freedom through safer and smarter movement patterns. So together we can be uplifted, benefiting all beings. Today is Wednesday Q and A. You ask the questions and I answer. Coming right off the bat. Con Brim asks, can handstands on fist be a realistic goal for someone with wrist issues to work on? I would say, I don't know. I mean, uh, there's yes, there's certainly plenty of people who uh, would say that they could do this very strong individuals. The The issue with that is that um, you're balancing on two, you, you've decreased your base of support a lot. I mean, your hands are not very much of a base of support anyway. But when you take it into your fist, you've really decreased that. But even more than that, you've decreased your navigational tools, your fingers are so, you know, we have so many um, receptors on our fingers that give us information and they're like little antennas. And so when they're when you're on your hands, they really give you a lot of feedback like, oh, my legs are going to go over too much and my back is arching and you can do some really wonderful kind of corrections and adjustments just by using your hands. So I don't know because I've never done it on, on fist. I'm sure that if you get really, really stable, you absolutely could. I've done it on canes, which would be somewhat similar. So my um, I think the canes would probably be a better choice because you have like you're grabbing something. it's challenging. canes are tough. So either way, you're adding more challenge to it. So I would say if you have wrist issues, first really work on them and I can't I don't know exactly what's going on with you. But a lot of wrist, wrist issues, if it isn't like uh, some kind of old break that healed and, and has all kinds of scar tissue in there, or the bones are not quite in alignment, or some kind of real medical um, reason, if your wrists just really bother you and you're on your hands, really work on stabilizing and strengthening your shoulders, especially the scapula muscles, because that takes a lot out of your wrist. And also notice where you're. Um, putting pressure in your wrist. Just the other day, one of my teacher trainees said that for the first time she was not having wrist pain, and it was because she had not realized she was not putting enough pressure into this uh, second metatarsal that's the root of your second finger that lines up with your, the radiocarpal, the wrist joint. And so make sure that you're not doing something where your um, wrists aren't in a neutral alignment. But go to the shoulder if you can, and otherwise try out the um you know it's like a a, one of those little canes or kind of the the perfect push-up um those are really nice for people who have uh any kind of ganglion in their wrist that is taking up the wrist joint joint space that when they put weight on it it really hurts so i hope that helps jay in windham hi i'd love your guidance on shoulder blade position during plank and down dog this is um Hopefully easy to understand even if you don't have a real shoulder anatomical knowledge. I go over this a lot in my teacher training, but you don't have to be a yoga teacher or or know a lot about the body to, to kind of understand the mechanics of it. So a neutral scapula position means the scapula, it's shaped like a triangle. It's it's sitting on the back and it has the longest part of it, the longest part of the triangle is actually parallel to the spine. And so that's the medial border of the scapula. And so both scapulas should be parallel to the spine and they should be about three inches away from the spine in neutral. That's the position you should have in plank because the neutral position of the scapula means that your spine will be neutral, your pelvis will be more neutral and that includes um, all the way up into the neck. And then all of the muscles around the scapula, around the ribcage, around the pelvis help to stabilize equally. Now, if anything, like say you're in plank and you're protracted, which a lot of people will do, the scapula comes away from that position. So it's no longer three inches um, from the spine, but it comes more farther out than that. So it's kind of following the shape of your thorax, your rib cage. People will do that because then they can really employ the pec Uh, the pectoral muscles, the chest wall muscles in front, yes, they might get a little serratus anterior action, which is why people will practice that. They're doing the the contraction of serratus. But you don't want to get in the habit of holding your plank like that because you're not actually getting the serratus working in the way that you really want it to be, which is isometrically holding the scapula. It's like a little suction cup that... (laughs) pulls the scapula onto the back ribs. When it's working in this concentric contraction, protracting it, it's not stabilizing it in the same way. And so, and then you also will really turn on the pec muscles, which is not necessarily a bad thing except that they they're kind of busybody. They really want to hold you there. And then the lats might try and turn on as well, and we really really want to focus into these scapula stabilizing muscles neither which the the pec or the lats are. So that's what's your position in plank. Position in handstand, um, sorry, in down dog, is different because of where your arms are. So in plank, your arms are, your wrists are right under your shoulders. And so if you just kind of stood up and maintained a plank, your shoulder would have been 90 degrees. And at that point, the scapula hasn't changed its position. Now, take the arms up more than 90 and in shoulder flexion, and the scapula needs to change. That's biomechanically sound, meaning healthy. And the scapula, what it does is it elevates. So it it comes up toward your ears a little bit. It protracts slightly, which is that serratus moving the scapula away from the midline. And then it has a slight degree. Of depression of just the bottom angle, and that depression is not so much active, but uh, but more of a um, the lower trapezius is kind of holding that angle of the scapula in place. So that might be a little bit too techy for you, but so essentially in down dog, you absolutely want your scapula in an upperly rotated position. That is the healthiest position, and that's the what it would normally do. So when people, for instance, say, relax your ears away from your, or relax your shoulders away from your ears, when your shoulder when your arm is above 90 degrees and you're telling somebody to do that, you're actually going against the biomechanical health of the shoulder. So if somebody tells you to do that, ignore that person. And if you're telling somebody to do that, stop giving that cue. That cue is again passed on. And it's like kind of passing on a cue that absolutely doesn't make sense and can be, be very problematic and even injurious. So the that's where you want your shoulder blades in plank and down jog. They are different because of the position of the shoulder action. You know, it's it's in a different um, location. So Sarah Louise Spivey says, I have two bulging discs in my low back. I've been modifying my practice, but still struggling. Well, first of all, I'm really sorry to hear that. Bulging discs don't bother me. And I think a lot of PTs in general are not bothered by bulging discs because bulging discs are usually indicative of something going on, but that's but they're, you know, the discs are are very sturdy. They are in the position. And if they're bulging, more likely than not, there's a reason from either position of your pelvis, for example. Or the practice, the way you move. And so those are the things to kind of untangle. Is like, can you find a neutral spine? And in that neutral spine with a neutral pelvis, um, start to make space for the disc. Now, are you making big space? No. But you're most likely, if, the, if your disc are um, bulging, they are going to need some support. So what I would say is I would love to know more information before I give you anything to do, but go and see somebody and get some real professional advice on this and also know you're going to be okay. I think that's the biggest thing. This is where radiological or um, MRI findings can be kind of a double-edged sword. They can answer some things like, oh my gosh, I have numbness and tingling. And okay, this is explained by this. It's not like I have something, some weird disease that's making me tingle. But what it can also do is it can then really make you fixate on results that you have these bulging discs. I might have bulging discs. I don't know. I don't have any symptoms, but I might, if I went and got an MRI, have a bulging disc. So let it be more like a constructive thing that is just telling you, hey, I got to really pay attention to my posture, to my movement. Am I hinging at my hips or am I moving in my back? Am I sitting in weird positions? So just pay more attention. The body is talking to you. Our bodies are always talking to us. And so don't get get discouraged, but really use it as um, reference for moving better, for the um, goal of moving better. You're always welcome to send me a photo or something like that. I do a lot better if I can see you even if you had a radiological finding like this i would i'm really going to look at you moving much more than paying attention to something that found that you had bulging disc cuz i'm pretty much almost always more interested in that as the cause and that's usually the cause unless you had some like traumatic thing happen but usually it's not that it's a slow over time Shift in your posture, and then one day you lean over, and all of a sudden you feel like you're bulging discs. But there was, it wasn't just the one day, it was many, 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 many times. So don't despair, my friend. Okay, Kay Kailster 88, will you be doing another teacher training in the fall? I am going to be doing another teacher training online, but it will not, the fall will be when we open up. We're practically, we are in fall now, but November 1st is when we will open up the registration. Um, So many people are interested in this training. It is uh, really one of my, it's like my pride and joy. I really, um, I love it. I think it's super. And it also is an amazing community. The registration will open up in November and we will start the course in January. Now, once you register, you have access to the course, you can get ahead, you can peruse it. It's really robust. So it's kind of nice to look ahead, but yeah, You can go onto the website or also get on the email list so you can make sure that you really uh, get, you know, sign up when it's available. And there's about six more questions about the teacher training. So that's pretty much all of you. There's the answer. All right. One last question. My husband's always tweaking the back of his shoulders. What could be the cause of this? This is Rahanam. Hmm. Well, again, it's really hard to know what the tweaking could be caused by, it always comes down to posture, I think. Posture and movement. Because how you stand and, you know, like how you've been standing for years really, really sets you up for how you move. Position determines function. So if he's tweaking his shoulders a lot, he either is positionally not as good as he could be, and then in addition to that, there's probably um, a real imbalance of the mus- the muscular activation there. So we don't really, you know, our our brain wires according to how we move. So, you know, if we move a certain way a lot, um, so if you looked at the brain of, of like a tennis player versus a soccer player, it would actually, there would be some fundamental differences because they're using the motor cortex differently for different act like the really focused on swing, really focused on kick. There's going to be some differences. So we are wired according to how we stand, how we move. And that's what our brain knows. And we're always able to rewire. So what I would say first is get him in to see somebody who really knows about the body and start working on the position that he's holding a lot throughout the day. If he's on his computer a lot, he's gotta be set up so that he's in a neutral spine with a neutral scapula, looking at a screen in front of him, not looking down, because when you look down, it drags your shoulders forward. And so all of that kind of stuff that he could be feeling and and complaining about, a lot of it could be remedied by just looking at how he's spending most of his day. It's how you spend a lot of your time that will reveal a lot about the imbalances. So I I would also encourage, again, like have him go see somebody always, always, always if he's really feeling um, not great in the shoulders. So as always, I am pulling for you guys. Thank you for your wonderful questions and feel free to write me on Instagram or at Lara at LitYoga.com. That's L-Y-T, which stands for Lara's Yoga Technique. In case you didn't know, but it's also a great acronym for feeling lit up, which I hope you're feeling today. Pulling for you.